and welcome to another episode of Game Tool 5. My name is Stephanies and I'm joined by my co-host Nikki64. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am good. good. Do you like what I did with our names? Yeah, I got very confused um, <laughs> for yours and mine. It took yeah. me about two seconds to realise what was happening, but I realised you turned us into consoles, which is fine. Yeah, I'm glad you approve after I've yeah. done it. Um, I was going to say as well, I am fine, but... I feel like we need to make note of the fact that we're potentially in the end of days now. The apocalypse has started to happen, yeah. yeah. Um, everything in the UK is being threatened to shut down, um, yeah. which is always fun. Yeah. I mean, I guess the only good thing about it is people are learning to wash their hands. <laughs> it's true. People are finally learning that, you know, hygiene is a nice thing. It doesn't make you sick. The crux of this is although they're learning to wash their hands, we're soon going to have a shortage of toilet paper. So, I mean, you're going to have clean hands, but you're going to have a dirty arsehole. (laughs) This is true. People need to stop, like, stockpiling. Like, what is it going to get you if you buy, like, 15 hams? Nobody needs that. Well, I mean, even hams are more important than toilet paper. Like, I just don't get toilet paper. You don't get why people need well, toilet no, paper? Well, I understand that like, toilet paper is important, but, like, the people are getting toilet paper over actual, like, substance. Like, they're, they're getting it, like, over food. I mean, yeah. food, I kind of understand. I mean, you shouldn't be, like, panic buying or anything, but at least, like, food makes sense. Whereas, like, people buying, like, 150 rolls of toilet paper, I'm like, I, I don't understand. I want to know, like, what where people think toilet paper comes from, that it's going to disappear because of, like... I don't know, a shutdown. Also, if you just bought the normal amount of toilet paper, ever the shops would still have enough and you could go buy another pack when you run out, just like I normal. I guess really what's going to happen is, I'm sure this will all die down soon, but the real problem is going to be toilet roll gate. The world is just going to have a shortage of toilet paper and that's a whole other problem. <laughs> that's probably a worse problem than, uh, you know... I agree. Diseases. So, yeah, stop doing that. Stop buying all the toilet paper. Yeah, nobody wants a dirty butthole. <laughs> and anyway. that's how we're going to start our episode yeah. today. I'm glad. I'm glad we started off with a rant. Good times. Mm-hmm. So before we kick off our fun episode today, um, have you got any news? I do. So play the drop. Oh, I don't. You know what? Don't you prepare don't your drop. Are you shitting? I had like fifty drops to prepare for this today. The world and I forgot. truly is ending. Oh God. Well, um, you do well, an impression right me, now. Let you me sing it. Let me get it. <laughs> You can sing it, it's fine. You're you're the main voice of the job. Okay. Uh it's Nikki's news. You got to no, you gotta do all the little <sighs> Okay, fine. Um I don't even remember how it stops. It's something like Do 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 It's Nikki's news time. Do 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 Beautiful. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I would be putting that into a new drop because it was frankly not as good, but it was it'll do. <laughs> so first piece of news: I don't think we've mentioned this in the actual podcast, but we've mm. mentioned it on Twitter, um, and that is we have become popular in Finland apparently, and we've been in the Finland podcast charts for a very long time, potentially months, and I don't know why. But we are very appreciative of oh, our Finland listeners. We're very, very happy about it and grateful for whoever's listening um, over in Finland. Yes. Hi. Is that how I say it? 
I don't know what you're saying. I'm trying but... to say hello in Finnish. 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 <laughs> it's start if you got like the, you know, the language. The language thing, correct. Right? Um, yeah, we're very grateful. Um, if you are in Finland and listening to us, please let us know. We'd like to know who you are, and because apparently you've got us into the charts, so um, it's great. And also, Steph is forcing me to basically say thank you in Finnish. Yeah. And this is this is going to be a thing that happens if we ever get in any other country's charts. Um, so in Finnish, I think that it is kitos. Is that thank you? I don't know. But I we'll, we learned today. It. Hi, yeah. kitos. That's about all we got. But if sorry, you want we'll learn more. me to badly pronounce thank you in your language, then just get us in those charts somehow. We don't know how you do it, but do some magic. Yeah, your reward is listening to Nikki butcher your language. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another piece of news is some reviews that we've got. We are very grateful. Yes. Uh, and so thank you for leaving those. I will read them out because I said ages ago that I would read every single review out. Um, so our first... Regretting review... it already. It's Matthias from the Controller Disconnected podcast. Uh, He said that these two ladies are super fun to listen to. I never miss an episode and I'm always happy to see a new one in my feed, which is very sweet. Thank you. Thank you. And also we got a review from Dan, uh, Milo Skiba, who is obviously Dan from Real Life Ghost Stories. Uh, He left us a review on Apple Podcasts, which says, in my top five podcasts, this is definitely a top five gaming podcast, which I'm glad that he was confirmed um steph and nikki are great hosts and i'm always laughing all the way through definitely worth a listen so thank you dan yes thank Much you dan appreciated. you should always check out dan's podcast because it's yes. great and, and also matthias's podcast as well oh yeah and matthias of course both of these podcasts listen to them um yeah that's that's uh that's pretty much it for Nikki's news but i was gonna well we can segue now into what our episode is this week we can because um our episode this week was given to us by megs from twitter um so thank you for that and it was a while ago we asked for it sorry i'm delaying the the dun 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 (laughs) oh she just wants to build suspense i just wanted to say yeah it was a while ago that we asked for suggestions don't worry we have not forgotten them we add them to a nice little list every time we get one and this is probably from like a year ago but we're doing it so we we are nikki got a little bit stressed out the other day because she thought the list had died but have no fear (laughs) the list is fine it lives it lives on. And from this list, I can confirm that today's episode is all about our top five songs from video games. Yes. So I like that we've chosen to do this one because it means that we can still revisit uh, things like soundtracks and stuff later yes. on. Yes. But for I'm now, about this individual songs. I think that's, I'm just, yeah, I just think that's a great idea because it allows for us to talk more about it because there's no way that I could put like everything in five. So we get 10, I guess, all in all. Yeah, we get 10. But for now, you get songs. (laughs) This time, you get the songs. So as our normal life continues, I think it's because it's throwing me off because our last episode was about Stardew and uh, it didn't follow any sort of rhythm or pattern that we normally do. Um, I don't really quite remember how we do this, but I do know that if we have a crossover, Mm. you will hear the lovely gentleman Beadle. Oh, I have missed oh. him. Oh, twice. Two I know. Beatles. I just wanted to throw him in extra times because... Uh, we didn't get him last time. Yeah, we haven't had him in a while. He hasn't appeared. And he is no. our good friend Beadle. And he tells us when we have a crossover. So if I steal one of Nikki's or Nikki steals one of mine, which is always most likely, um, then we play Beadle. Yes. Yeah. 
I think that's all the things that we talk about before we start an episode, right? Yeah, I think we can do the other bit of music that we haven't all heard right. in a little while. Well, let's get this music party started. What are you buying? How about a game of Lucky Hit? Oh, a three-headed monkey! I don't remember who went last, uh, yeah, first I last. Don't. So I'm just going to vote you go first oh, today. Thanks. Also, yeah. I realised it feels weird. This is the first time we've recorded not in person for a while, and I'm kind of sad. I'm I think into your face. Yeah, I think this is what's throwing me off quite a bit today because I'm just not quite sure where I am um, <laughs> or what I'm doing here. How we did this before, and I think it's because one, you're not with me, and you have been for the past couple times, and uh, yeah, I feel a bit lost and afraid. That's alright. It's okay to miss me. Yeah, I do. I'll be there. I'll be there in five. Okay. I won't be because that wouldn't make any sense because we're recording an episode, and I'm number five, so I haven't got time to get in my car right now. Also, I like the idea that you just leave this on as well, <laughs> <laughs> and then I just have to wait fifteen minutes for you to get here and just hear a knock at my door. Just be like. Hello, <laughs> I'm back. Um, no, it's fine. We'll yep. uh, we'll swiftly move on. Mm-hmm. Um, so my number five. Oh, yes. Sorry, I forgot to say we're playing some music as this happens, aren't we? Um, yeah. Is it coming in when I say it? <laughs> um, well, I figured you could tell me what it is, okay. um, and then I can play it, and then we can talk about it for a bit. How does that Perfect. sound? That sounds Perfect. great. All right then. Okay. So my number five. I just like to build everything up, don't I? Today. You are um, just waiting for the suspense. <laughs> I should have got you some drum rolls. I feel like I need some little drums to like announce every single. I'm going to buy you some tiny bongos, and then every time you can announce something, you can just play your little bongos yes. away. Like, I play it bongo like cat. That. I was about to say, literally, I would play it like that little bongo cat. Yeah, that's um, what I picture. But no, my number five mm-hmm. is uh, Sheik's theme from Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Well, let's have a listen to what that sounds like. It's dying down. Um, it sounds beautiful, is what that sounds like. It does. One fun thing I've discovered that I can do to this song while I was kind of um, playing around with it and listening to it was that if you flap your wi- like arms like you're pretending to be a butterfly uh, to each each bit on that song, um, it's quite funny to watch. You're a very odd human. <laughs> I'm surprised it's taken you this long, but yes. <laughs> I like a year of song and you go, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to flap my arms like well, a butterfly. it just sounded like a very much like a butterfly song. And I, did you dance around the room? I mean, I sat in my chair and I did it. I don't <laughs> think that makes any better. But I did it and that's, you know, I want people to try it. I want, I want videos right. of people doing the butterfly dance. I'll do it to show you how you do I it. I will you. Okay, and, then, and then everyone can show me theirs. All right. Love it. I'm glad That's this came out of this. Um, but yeah. So Tell me why Sheik's, you like it. Sheik's theme uh, was composed by Koji Kondo. Am I pronouncing that name? Koji Kondo, yep. Yeah. Um, and you might have thought from a Zelda game that I would have picked Zelda's Lullaby, which is definitely the one that I would say that it's renowned for. Like that's kind of like the iconic 
tune. Well, yeah, it's named after the title theme, so yeah, and it's expect. pretty much like in in every game uh, or some sort of like variation of it. But um, I think for me, like if I was to hear Sheik's theme and then I would hear Zelda's lullaby, like Sheik's theme would fill me with more warm feelings than the other. That's fair. And it's hard to say why, really. I just think that it is like connected to the game for sure, like because Sheik, for anyone that doesn't know, and this is a massive spoiler. Zelda. I thought you were just gonna like not tell us then. No, I'm building the suspense. Um, suspenseful. <laughs> so suspenseful. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's basically it's Zelda. She is. You don't know that at the time. She just looks like some kind of awesome ninja person. You don't even know that it's female, to be honest. Um, but she kind of she guides you through the game. Um, she meets you when you're an adult. When you just suddenly. I can't really explain awesome. why, but you're suddenly an adult um, and she kind of like, you know, sends you on your way, teaches an, you songs. An owl makes you go through pu- puberty. Yeah, you have to grow up very quickly. Um, time travel. I can't really explain the whole game in one sentence. <laughs> if you've not played Ocarina by, of Time by now, then I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. But yeah, I just I just think it's just always one of those songs that when I hear it sends me like right back to that game. It's one of my favorite games of all time. It's definitely one of my favorite songs. Also, there's loads of different variations of this song like on YouTube that people have made. Some of them even have singing involved. They're wow. really beautiful. It's just a really lovely song. And I think one of my favorite moments where this plays is you you go, I think it's sort of, you met her a little while back and then you go to Kokiri Forest and it's it's quite a magical place anyway because you go to like the forest temple and there's all these like fireflies and things and she kind of appears and then that music just plays and you're just like oh my god this is just magical um and she teaches you see i can't say this word i think it's minute of the forest minute minute min minute minute yeah i know what you mean i can't say that word i don't know what it is she teaches you that magical song minuet minuet with we'll never know. know we're not very good at english <laughs> Um, and also you're feeling a bit sad because again confusing sentence for everyone that hasn't played everyone in your life is like dead now oh yeah and so into weird zombie things Sheik is kind of like one of the people that's really there for you at that point like there's not really many people that are kind of you know living their best lives yeah are there any of the forest guys around when you're older I'm pretty sure they're all dead I really can't remember it's been Um, a while I think, no, I, I pretty much think that everyone's like gone. And the reason why I kind of remember that is because I think when you get there, you're quite sad. You realise everything has changed because a lot of everything's gone to shit, really. Yeah. Um, she's one of my, one of my favourite quotes. Um, she... <laughs> everything's gone to shit. <laughs> yeah, that was that was her quote. No, um, it's quite a depressing quote, but it's always stuck with me, which is uh, uh, the flow of time is always cruel. Its speed seems different for each person, but no one can change it. Oh, and I mean, I'm not just mentioning that because I'm 30 this year. <laughs> that line is really hitting you hard, huh? I can't handle it. But yeah, so that that hits home. Um, mm. But no, she just she always says really cool quotes about time and everything like that, and she's just really insightful. And every time she does it, that music's playing, and it's just wonderful. You just connect that now with some deep yeah. thoughts. I like it. I don't know. It's it's just like I said. I think I knew I had to have Ocarina of Time in there and I couldn't quite decide between I was lullaby in this one but this one I just thought no I this I just love it this is this is the one for you to be fair there are a lot of songs um in this soundtrack that I enjoy um quite a bit but I think this is probably one of my top ones out of there as well I do really love 
um, Sheik's music. You're right, it's such a nice, peaceful thing, yeah. especially because when you see her, you've normally been through something pretty horrific at the time. Yeah. Like, like learning that everyone you love is dead. Yeah, that. And I think you've just had a stressful time. Like, you finally get her in the forest, but you've just been fighting, like, wolves and shit. Yeah, like, it's just not fun. She's but, like a light in the darkness, and that music yes. kind of just goes, oh, it's all right. Everything's all right for, for, for now until yeah. the next hurdle of shit. Yeah, but until then, you can just remember the sweet, sweet heart yeah. music. And also, she's Zelda, and that's awesome in itself. Like, Zelda is basically living like a badass warrior while you were basically asleep almost in between your times of being a child and an adult of time travel. Um, and she's like actually really the person that's guiding you and kind of telling you what to do and who to fight and, and basically how to save the world. And so really it's her awesome little hero tune. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point actually. And some points you're just like, I know he is the like the destined one, but really I think like Sheik and the rest of the imp tribe could just do everything. Mm-hmm. Did you think that she was a woman when you um, played it? No, when I played it when I was younger, no. Um, mm. it wasn't until, um, I think it was much later. Like, I think it was just when, um, playing like Smash Bros on Wii that I think I kind of clicked cause she does the changeover. Um, yeah. which I think was the same thing for a lot of people I know where they were like, oh, okay. I think it's mm. like alluded to right in the, in the game. I can't remember whether they ever cover it really in the game that she is. Oh yeah. Yeah. She comes out at the end. She's like, but bam. Oh, I see. I don't think I <laughs> finished it girl. when I was young. I think I uh, I pretty much just lived on the horses and fishing. Yeah, she does. It, she kind of comes out openly and like it's it's confirmed. But still a lot of people, it's funny, I was reading the YouTube comments a lot of these videos and a lot of them were like, he's so cool and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, have you played the game? <laughs> you don't know. But um, for some reason, I always thought she was a woman. I don't know what it was. Like, I think maybe, to be fair though, you look at Link and he doesn't mm. necessarily look what you would picture as like classically male. So... It's hard to know, really. But I don't know. I always thought she was... Although she was kind of like... She wasn't really given much away. I always kind of thought that it was slightly feminine. So even if it wasn't Zelda, I always kind of thought it was a, a lady warrior lady. Yeah, I see. I just don't think I was ever very good at determining what was a boy or a girl. Um, yeah. When I was younger. That's not a bad thing. No. I mean, I was clearly just a free mind that everyone was everything. Because I was convinced you were like 20 years ahead. a really long time that the boy in NeverEnding Story was a girl. I mean, let's not even get onto Hanson. No. <laughs> I think that Hanson was confusing for everyone of that age. That's true. That's very true. Um, I don't really have any facts. I couldn't really find any facts on this. The only thing I found a fact on was um, was Koji Kondo, which was that um, although he sort of started taking lessons on the electronic organ from the age of five um, and played in like a cool jazz and rock band he was never classically trained or academically dedicated to music um he sort of ended up just sort of teaching himself uh learning from others and just arranging stuff um by himself and that's kind of how he got started which i thought was very cool and it shows you that you don't need to to be academically trained to be an awesome composer no especially considering he is one of the people of like nintendo that made all the classic tunes like yeah. I can't think of one of like the traditional ones that isn't him, which is amazing. Yeah. So you can self-teach yourself stuff. Self you stuff can. Anything. If you're passionate, you do you, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's Definitely my little pep talk. That's my number five. I like it. That was a good number five. I feel like I'm going to um, take the tone into a different direction with my number five after that beautiful butterfly okay. yeah. music. But um, so my number five 
is a track called Act Doomsgate uh, from Doom 2016 by Mick Gordon. Mm. And I'm going to play it for you now. I enjoy this track quite a bit mostly um mostly because i think it makes you just feel really badass when you play this game yeah um it kicks in there's a special bit especially at the start where um at the kind of start of the game i think you're coming down in an elevator it's been a while since i've played it and um just before you step out like you properly like load your shotgun and then you step out and it's just really cool feeling and um yeah even though i'm sat at home in my little like pajamas uh <laughs> normally playing it like covered in food and blankets i just never felt so cool in my life yeah see i have actually played um played this mm. and it's funny because i do know the tune i only played i only know it because i only played about 2 minutes um, and then immediately saw all the things that were coming at me and was like, fuck this. This is intense. I'm done. Um, but I know it. And it is, it's very cool. It's a very cool piece of music. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, like you said, it's just a really exciting thing. I think it sticks with you quite a bit. Um, and it's, I think At Doomsgate is a song from the original Doom as well, which makes it quite cool. Yes. I was um, say it seems familiar to the original. I was going to mention that. Yeah. So they kind of changed it, which is... Um, a little bit of like my fact, which I can go into a little early, um, which was um, Mick Gordon, who did the sound design and stuff for it, um, was kind of looking because the original Doom was like thrash metal because it came out in the 90s and thrash metal was massive. And the music for this one is a little bit more industrial feeling. Mm. Um, and he got that from like he went out and looked um looked at the game when they were making it to see like you know the aesthetics and stuff of what was going on and meet with everybody and he saw that it was kind of on mars it was a little bit more industrially kind of thing so that's where you've got this kind of like mix of industrial kind of metal music in there which is really cool i thought yeah it's very cool it seems like yeah definitely doesn't seem like an up-to-date version of what i remember yeah I think that's it. I think it, it kind of blends. I think that's the same thing as that game does. I think the music kind of uh, echoes what they did with the gameplay and how the game kind of felt. Whereas like it feels like a Doom game, but yeah. obviously updated. But they didn't just go out to remake Doom. They kind of made their own up-to-date version, which I think is a really impressive skill that yeah. they managed to achieve with that like game. Like if I'd never played that game, but played the original Doom's and you were like, guess this piece of music, I feel like I would be able to kind of go, I mean, not just because I'm very talented at game trivia, I feel like I'd be able to like <laughs> be like, yeah, that's Doom. It's just like a very Doomy vibe. And I feel like it's similar actually to what I said about Final Fantasy VII the other day about how like the remade game, especially with like Doom as well, is almost like what I remember it to be. Yeah. So I think, like, you, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I think with remakes, it feels so different from remasters, and there's a very certain skill that you have to have. I think when you're making a remaster versus a, re a remake versus a remaster, sorry. So, like, mm. when you're doing a remake, like, you need to do exactly that, like, remake it and still kind of keep it like it should feel but obviously you can and should do something different and not just like basically cop and like copy it exactly yeah um 
which I think Doom did real, and I think uh, he did with the music, um, and I really like a lot of it, but this one especially just... I play this in general, like, when I'm doing things that need me to be really, like, aggressive or pumped up. Um, Do you I, play this song when you need to be, like, pumped for stuff? Yeah, if I have to attempt even slightly working out this song will go on or if i have to do some intense work uh then i put that on as well like I don't disturb just, like, me man i can picture you dancing like um like techno viking do you remember techno viking <laughs> yes i remember techno viking um, if you don't know who techno viking is i think you just have to like you, yeah you just just google it and see it on youtube I, I imagine you playing that music and just like just like air kicking and punching just getting pumped for whatever it is you need to do that's exactly it and then I just have to go take the trash out or something while it's cold. But <laughs> you know, I need if I'm if I've got to get pumped for something, that's what I'm going to use. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Um, my other small facts for this game um, was that it did very well, and it won a number of awards, uh, including a Dice Award, uh, an SXSW Gaming Award, uh, the Game Awards gave it like best sound. Uh, and music design uh, and it was nominated for a BAFTA as well so it did all of the the things um, so it's not just me that likes it it's a lot of people um, and another fact that I found out was one of the preconditions for working on Doom that they gave him when they said like what you know what we what they thought they wanted for the game soundtrack was believe it or not no metal they were like, we don't want any metal because we didn't want it to be... They were like, we were worried about it getting corny and really obvious. And they wanted it to be quite a serious experience. And, like, it's quite a gory, intense thing. And they, they were worried about it. If it had, like, just a metal score, it was just going to be seen as some kind of joke. Yeah, it might um, take away from it a bit, I guess. Whereas that, it does actually really fit in quite well with it. So Yeah, definitely. I think that's why they leaned more into the industrial kind of vibe uh, rather than just straight metal. Um yeah. And I think it works. It's really cool. Uh, and Mick Gordon did a good job. Good job. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Thanks. Uh, so um, on to your number four. Yeah, so I think my number four is actually my getting pumped song, Oh, to be honest. Um, so my number four is a song from Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, which is called Sword of Destiny, but it's also kind of like the main kind of theme of Witcher. So let's have a listen. Okay. So, I mean, if you play Witcher, you're going to recognise it. But um, there's a lot to the song. So there's a lot, like, it's such a drawn-out song. um, that There's very many, like, variations of different parts of the song which will play, like, sometimes when you're fighting, when you're in, like, a battle. um, But it's, like, as you can hear, there's obviously, like, vocals and stuff in it. Um, But, yeah, one of the reasons why I picked it, especially because, I mean, I have mentioned a lot on Twitter that I have been playing Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. I'm late (laughs) to the show but i'm glad you're I... enjoying it so much <laughs> i am yeah I'm really, I'm really late bit. i'm really late to witcher um but i'm so glad that i have found it and and this song as well like i think like i think the first movie started playing for me when i was like riding roach um mm. and there was all these fucking enemies coming at me like a fucking griffin and all this other shit going down and that's why i playing and i like, got off my horse and i went and stabbed some mofos <laughs> and while that music was playing i was like okay this is just awesome yeah it's 
it, like you said, it's a good one for, especially when you're riding your horse and then something happens and you're like, no, fuck this, you're all going to die now. <laughs> it just makes you really violent, I think, this music. Yeah, and I know it sounds weird, but like I'm not used to like such good music playing in fight scenes. Like I know it sounds really bad because obviously there is good fight scene music, but to have like the vocals and everything, like it's a song that you would kind of picture in a different place but sort of while it plays in real time I found that just really exciting mm. I don't know it's, it's not it's weird because it must happen but for some reason it seemed really new to me I think I get what you mean though I think it's because uh most game music is designed to kind of be something almost like underneath you to kind of help you concentrate so it's almost like not doesn't want to be too noticed sometimes mm. whereas it feels like the that song in particular from the witcher feels like it wants you to notice it yes. but in a like the kind of the same way like doom does where it's like i want you to notice it because i want you to feel really epic and this music is going to help you feel that way and kind of like a movie does it like where they kind of build up the intensity through playing a certain track i feel like you get that same thing from this this witcher track I think you've just described it better than I actually could, so thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you basically just summed it up perfectly. Um, and that is definitely why I picked it. It was just something so different. And when it happened, it was like, I didn't know what to do. And I was kind of like, <laughs> do I like this? Is this good? Am I enjoying this? Yes. Slashing motherfuckers. It was great. <laughs> um, and there is actually quite a few different songs on the soundtrack um, that have a similar kind of feel. Like they do... You know how like they have variations of certain things. There's like mm. a slower one, and there's sort of another one which is a bit different. And so that does, you know, I think that does make it quite. Um, I don't know what the word is. Like that's not stereotypical. What do you call it? Unique or I don't know. What are you trying to say? I don't know. Um, <laughs> like whenever you hear it, you're like, yes, that's The Witcher. Like it's quite. Yeah, it's it's defining. I guess unique yeah. is the is the word that you're looking for. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, so like when you hear it, you obviously know that you're playing the Witcher and you know what it is. But that's like the most intense kind of like crazy one. Mm. Um, and also even just sort of using, uh, sorry, looking up like this, I have decided I love it even more because it's it's performed and written by a band. So a lot of the Witcher three music is done by a composer. Um, he's great, and the music in the game is is fantastic. But I kind of knew that these guys would be some sort of band because there's like vocals and everything. Mm. Um, and it's performed and written by a band called Percival, who are a Polish folk metal band from Lubin. Oh, cool. Um, uh, the name Percival refers not to any like historical figure, but to the gnome named Percival Schutenbach from the Witcher series of novels. I don't know if he was in Witcher 1 or 2, um, but he's a gnome, and that's what they named their band after. So, obviously, at that point, you realise that these people are fucking in it. Yeah. They uh, they clearly are happy to be doing that music because they fucking <laughs> named their band after after the Witcher, and they're Polish, so yeah. that makes sense. I mean, yeah, that's where, where all the games are made and where the books come from, so... Yeah, well, and the writer, uh, Andrzej Sapowski. Mm-hmm. I think I said that right. Um... And so, yeah, they, they play sort of traditional songs of Europe, mostly Slavic, and they have obviously their own compositions referring to like early medieval times. Like It's very like Viking, pagan kind of like old school yeah. folk music, which is awesome. And it suits it so well. Um, and yeah, so I just, I love that. I love that little fact. I love how they also, they named it after a gnome. I mean, if I could name everything after a gnome, I would. <laughs> I love gnomes. Yeah. But you're right, like, if it was going to go to a band, I'm definitely glad it went to that one. Because not only did they obviously do such a good job, but also they just, you can imagine them just being super happy about it. 
Yeah, well, they obviously love the series, and I think that's mm. that's the best thing. Um, not only because it makes them happy, but obviously they are the right people to to do it. And also, I think yeah. they still tour and, and play around and stuff. So I think they play on a lot of like islands. Like I know that the only place close to us would be like the Island Man. I guess because of potentially Ooh. something to do with Vikings. Nice. I'll I pretend mean, I like that I un- I'll pretend that I understand. You know viking history and stuff um yeah and i was like that's cool i was like i would actually want to go to that i feel like it would be crazy there'd be a lot of techno vikings but if i take you then i think we'll be all right we'll have a great time we'll just play uh the doom music all the way to get really pumped up and then we'll like fly out of my car like nothing when we get to the isle of man not that you can drive there but we will because we'll be that pumped by both these uh pieces of music exactly and yeah i think um, it's just so different from anything. Um, obviously, I've played a few games that kind of have the same kind of like medieval vibe going on, like games like Dragon Age. Like they're mm. great and they do have good soundtracks and good songs, but there's just something so unique about this. I think the only thing that I find similar to the music from Witcher, especially um, Percival, is uh, the music in, in Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice is kind of the same like medieval, uh, Viking-y kind of like angry metal music yeah but um that's probably maybe that's maybe that's one for another top five but maybe yeah i'd say that's quite similar and it's it's actually it's what you need when you're in a battle is music like that it gets yeah. you so pumped up and you know i i hope that yeah i hope that they're proud because they've done the game proud and yeah me. it's very cool <laughs> i'm sure i'll be glad to hear especially about you come to my house and play <laughs> Actually, please don't. That would be very terrifying. Imagine just waking up one day and being like, just hearing that music in your bedroom. That's not what you need. I mean, it would be quite the wake-up call. Well, you need it if you need to be pumped, but... Yeah. If you really need to get her out of bed that day, you don't want to. Please don't do that for my birthday. Okay. If I'm, like, half asleep when I wake up and there's just this... I just... I would just shit myself. Snow you want on your birthday. <laughs> but uh yeah, they're very talented, it's a very good song. And that's my number four. Nice. I like it. That means that I am on to my number four. And uh my number four is from Crypt of the Necrodancer. Um and it's called uh Cryptech or Cryptique. I can never say it. Um <laughs> by Danny Batanowski. I'm so sorry if I've said that wrong. Um, and I'm going to play that for you now. your industrial techno don't you i've realized my songs have no chill <laughs> not at all they're really intense i just, I just Especially, wanted to wave my arms during that the whole time i mean it again it's a song to dance to i mean it's from crypt of the necrodancer which is a, a music based game so it's just gotta be it's gotta be pump pump music yeah. um and it is it is that no it's a very good song i think i've just cropped it so it's just the really intense part as well um 
but it's a really good song the whole soundtrack is really well done and obviously it kind of had to be because it's like i said it's a music based rhythm game um but i don't know what it is about the 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 soundtrack but this song in particular i just really like i think for the same kind of reason as um kind of like the the doom song it just gets you through what you're doing really well um this is quite a difficult game it's very repetitive so you kind of end up doing the same thing over and over again and this song helps you feel like you could keep doing that you don't ever really you kind of die and then you're like okay we can do it again because i'm really into this music like i can hear this again um which i think is a really interesting skill to be able to put into your music of just having something on constantly but not drive you absolutely nuts that's true especially when it's a repetitive game because it could go like the other way where you're like fuck this but then in the night you wake up and like sweats just hearing the music just playing in your dreams <laughs> just losing all all space and time to this yeah. music so the fact that listening to it is like edging you on to do more is good yeah definitely it doesn't like i said it's not a song that gets stuck in your head for a repetitive song but it's something i want to kind of keep hearing if that makes sense which mm. is quite a difficult thing to do i think um but uh danny batanowski um who did the whole of the this soundtrack um did such a good job he's done so many other kind of indie games as well um and games like this um but this one i think is my favorite of all the things that he's done because i also really liked um cadence of hyrule which has done yes it's like the yeah same kind of game or the same game but just done in in zelda world and i really like all the music on that he did a really good job of mixing zelda music with this kind of feel of the stuff but i don't know what it is about this particular one i just think it kind of captures something quite nice i think i just this is what i think of when i think of the game for me i like it i have yeah. um, i have played a little bit of it actually i downloaded a demo um i can't afford that many games at the moment so i've just played a lot of demos and i also <laughs> download demos of games that you've mentioned so that i can see if i would like them um mm. this is one that i got i can't remember if i got cadence of hyrule or the other one i think i might have got crypto necrodancer um and it's very cool it's a very cool game i like the idea of a musical game and obviously the music is gonna have to be good if it's a musical game <laughs> so. yes well yeah i think this is the thing with this is that um like in this game you can put in your own music and it will do the you know do all the stuff to the your music that you put in and change the game in the way that you move but i don't think i ever wanted to i was just like i'm just so happy with the music and i will just play this particular one over and over because i liked it so much um which is always nice you don't be like i just need to listen to my own stuff yeah nice yeah um i do i have one uh fact which is a little bit more about not this particular thing but the soundtrack in general um that Jake Kaufman, he did a bunch of uh, his own soundtrack to put over uh, for different ports and things. And um, his, if you put it over the top of the original one, it kind of aligns perfectly and makes like a much bigger, larger scale version of it um, Mm -hmm. instead of being its own, just its own thing. Uh, And another artist uh, called Chipzel said that her soundtrack that she also did, I think for the Xbox port, was the same kind of idea that she had she was like oh if you load it over the top of it you'll also get like another thing so i just really like that people have kind of kept his original music as well when making their own soundtracks for it and um 
yeah, just kind of added to it because it is just so good. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. But that's it. Well, good choice. It's hard to get facts about songs, isn't it? It's really difficult. Yeah, I was trying to not to make it just too much about, you know, one thing. And also just not too much about soundtracks in general in case I revisit at some point. It's difficult, man. Yeah, it's difficult. But you did it. It's fine. Yes. So that mean we're on to my number three? It does really work. We are sliding through these. So, yeah, I feel like there's a big contrast between mine and yours. Uh, (laughs) I promise I do take it down eventually. Maybe. I don't know. That's a lie. I don't think I do. I think mine... Well, this is good. This is a really good contrast because I think that's better. Like, mine are quite emotional, I feel, apart from the witch one. That's probably less emotional. That's probably the most cray I get um, in this top five. Uh, Most of mine are quite emotional um, and slow. (laughs) So it's good. We have yours to pump us up. We have mine to bring us down. That's always nice. So my number three is... Um, is from Broken Sword and it's the main theme slash kind of introduction music. Okay. So it's difficult to give you like all of it now because obviously we only have to play like a little short short bit but um, this like music is so like synonymous with the game like anyone obviously that knows Broken Sword would just sort of immediately hears that and just goes yep and I think that's why there's obviously a reason why I love it so much but also it's just incredible it's an incredible score um, and so um, the person behind that is a man called Barrington Thelong. Um, unfortunately, he is no longer with us. He did pass away in August 2019, which is oh, just made me very sad because he's just he was just so talented, um, and he was basically the guy that composed all the all the broken swords, and he did such a good job at it. Um, known as Barry as well. I'm going to call. I might have to call him Barry because I feel like Bar- he has an amazing name. Um, obviously, Barrington Thelong is like such a such it's a cool an name, impressive name. Yeah, I like that he was known as Barry. Um, He's an Australian as well, and but his best work was well, he's known for his work on ITV's hugely popular Oxfordshire-based detective series Morse. Oh, nice! Love Morse. Um, yeah, Morse is great. So yeah, he did a lot of the scoring on that, and um, and yeah, and, and basically, obviously, anyone that doesn't know Broken Sword, I think the first game came out in nineteen, let's say nineteen ninety-seven. So one of the reasons why I picked it was because back then it wasn't. I don't think that common to have kind of a lot of sort of in-depth orchestral music through a game like Broken Sword. It was yeah. just wasn't as known. Like I feel like, you know, they went to such great lengths to have this just incredible. It was like a movie score in the end. Um, but yeah, I, I want to give a little bit of backstory. I don't have any facts, but I want to give a bit of a backstory to to like um, Barrington's kind of life and how he got into to the game because he was just he wasn't you know a game a video game composer naturally like it didn't he obviously started off doing things like morse and other tv things mm. um so he met charles cecil who um i think he's well he like made the game um i always like revolution software but i can't think of what his actual title would be um so obviously he met the maker of broken sword um while playing cricket nice very english hobby yeah because charles cecil is um I don't know if it's Cecil or Cecil. Uh, it's English, so they have. I know they have an office in the UK. Um, so they became friends while playing cricket, which was cute. 
Um, and Charles later contacting Barrington to ask him if he'd be interested in making the music for Broken Sword and like explain kind of the concept of what was going on. Um, and apparently Barrington agreed like right away to to create the score. And I watched an interview as well, um, which they actually posted about him kind of talking about why he, he wanted to do it and and how he felt about it um because before this as i said he didn't really have any kind of video game roots um video games really back then weren't really like as popular as they are now because you know nowadays we see games we do see video games as movies whereas back then it it was a different kind of medium yeah to have a classical composer like contemplating going into video game wasn't something that was was the norm um Mm -hmm. So I know that Virgin had had things to do with Broken Sword. So I think he was talking to them a lot when he was was doing it. But he basically said that um, he thought at the time that video game music was a bit naff. That was his words. Which <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed. Fair. He said it was pretty naff and he said it was often done on synthesizers and it was sort of intended for kids. And he said a lot of it he found was quite patronising. Um, he said there wasn't much at the time either um, and it was not what you normally saw. Which a lot, a lot of people were arguing that point. And I, I admit that, like, obviously, I think around that time, we probably found since, like, Final Fantasy VII coming out, a lot of the old Final Fantasy VII games, oh my god, I can't speak, Final Fantasy games, um, had really cool music. Yeah. I think it was just because, as I said, it wasn't categorically the norm. Yeah. Um, but he believes, coming from a very classical music background, that he believes that if people like Mozart and sort of like Bach were around today, they would be doing things like video games. He said, because, you know it's such a big thing now yeah um and yeah and i just thought that was really cute i just loved like hearing him talk about kind of how like why he wanted to do it he said there was no doubt about it he wanted to try these but it was really really interesting um and he apparently virgin were like oh you can just like make a few cues i can make a few scores um but he ended up like doing it so it interacted with the game with what you were doing oh that's very cool there's like points in the game I think where like you'll pick something up or something will happen and so he would make the cues um for like you know I just thought I always just thought that was really interesting yeah um, that is like to back, yeah start thinking about that and then because that's kind of like the sound uh design stuff that we talk about now when we talk about yeah. video games and it's such a big part of video games now yeah. but I think at some points it was quite a forgotten thing um really like you had music but maybe not thinking so much into the actual sound design of it which is very cool yeah, yeah. and he, he said he made over like 400 cues and i was just like jesus christ man like he was like so dedicated and really wanted to to nail it and he did and it was it was so good and i think you know nowadays music does definitely interact with video games but i think to to be able to to sort of do what he did to the extent that he did it and do it so well i just thought that i could not have him in here and there's a few variations of that tune like that just that played um and as i said like it, it, that was i think the main one because it's kind of what brings you into the game i think it makes yeah. a lot of people feel like they're like they're there in paris in a cafe with a weird clown um <laughs> and yeah i just i just thought that he was he was a great composer and it was a great song yeah no it is a nice song like we said broken sword's not something that i think i've played much of played bits of them um and like one more than the other i can never remember i think that one that you're talking about mm-hmm. um but I do remember quite a lot of the music and like you said, for the time and stuff that it was made, maybe perhaps other games weren't doing it in quite the same way. Like I know you've mentioned Final Fantasy VII, which is a great soundtrack, but what it was on at the time, like now it's been made into such an orchestral oh, yeah. kind of thing. But at the time it was like on MIDI and 
yeah. lot of games were on that, so it felt like you said very synthy. Um, yeah. So maybe it doesn't feel like the more classical pieces of music, um, mm. whereas this feels more like what we kind of get now, which is actual full orchestral music, kind of yeah. pieces, yeah, that are put into exactly. games. And I think that's nice as well, obviously, um, sort of because there is some sadness with with my with my number three. But I think just to sort of be able to reflect on on sort of what he did, I think, and what he brought to kind of video games is quite nice. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's very impressive. Mm. <laughs> cool. Um, so is that my number three? Yeah, I don't have any facts. I just wanted to go in depth into like his life. <laughs> I like it. I like that we've explored his life. Yes. And I now know he played cricket. Yep. So, so my number my number three um, is from a fairly recent game uh, from Mario and Rabbids Battle Kingdom. Not um, what I expected. No, not what you thought expected, but I feel like you will expect it when I tell you who did the soundtrack for this. Okay. And the particular song is called Mid-Boss Battle, and it's by Grant Kirkhope. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I'll play a bit for you now. <laughs> So that particular piece of music, um, I think I just especially love because it feels so much like a Grant Kirkhope piece. Yeah. I was going to say, I haven't played this game, but I'm getting like serious like banjo and kazooie vibes and it makes me happy. Yeah. The whole soundtrack does have that kind of feeling to it. Um, but I think this one in particular feels the most like you're playing like an old banjo and kazooie game or ukulele. It's just got such his stamp on it um and it's just such a fun piece of music and what you're normally doing at the time it's mid boss battle so it's like a uh, a mini boss essentially throughout the game um and i always feel more pumped for these bosses than i do the main ones just for this music because i just get so like oh i'm gonna get this piece of music where are my headphones i need to listen to it um yeah. it's just really fun it's a really fun game uh it's a very tactical kind of game and therefore you would normally think I think quite slow paced because it's turn based and you've got to think about what you're doing quite a lot of the time but I think Grant Kirkhope's soundtrack for this um, and this song especially from it makes it feel a little bit more fun and faster paced and I don't know just kind of more energetic which I think is and should be present in this game because it's a Mario game and it's a Rabbids game, both of which are very happy, kind of quite silly worlds. I think Rabbids more than Mario, but yeah. Um, and again, I think this track kind of just emulates their kind of mashup quite nicely. I like it. And I like that I never expected this. <laughs> <laughs> All my music was just Any of your, your picks, I'm like, oh, what the hell, man? But what is this? <laughs> it's cool. I like it. It's it's like I said, it, it reminds me a lot of, of any of the music that he's done, which, yeah, like Ukulele, Banjo-Kazooie. And it's cool. And I feel like one thing that he does do really well is kind of emulate what's happened in the game so well. Like I can just, when you play it, I can kind of picture it because I know those bloody rabid things. 
they're a little bit crazy yeah so it sounds crazy and i like it yeah it is it's a very crazy kind of weird game um there's lots of weird stuff going on all the time but like you said it just it has that kind of fun kind of element to it that i think a lot of those games have like banjo and kazooie and ukulele and stuff are not i don't want to say children's games but they have that childish vibe to them mm. which i think this game also has and i think this song like you said just kind of matches that really well um what i think i find most interesting about this um this game and this kind of music is that um it's obviously got mario in it and mario has a very certain style of music that you kind of hear in your head when you think about mario but i think that this track blends really well into that kind of music that you can think of when you think of mario and also that kind of happy silly world of rabbits and i think the music kind of helps blend those two weird worlds together really well that's true yeah um my fact actually for this is um i was rec- like recently listening to um there's a bbc3 uh radio uh thing they were doing just before christmas and just after and i don't know whether they've still done it i've not checked they're basically doing video game music um episode where they played a couple of tracks and um spoke about them in this particular show it's really good i would recommend you try and find it it's on like bbc three sounds um by jessica curry three is it i think it's bbc three. Oh, it's bbc is it bbc radio three radio yes anyone that's english i heard bbc three and i was like "Mm." i think it's bbc radio three uh and it's uh, jessica curry and you can google it but grant kirkhope was on an episode and to talk about this particular soundtrack and this particular song and one of the things he said about the soundtrack was um he was really excited um to work on it first most but because it was mario they gave him um the mario scores for a lot of the music in it to mix in with his stuff and he was just like didn't know what to do with that because it was like well it's koji kondo's work right this incredible person and he said getting to use peach's castle tune from like mario 64 that like do 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 mm. like that thing he was in tears writing that into his track and like rearranging it um because it was just like oh my god i cannot believe i'm actually getting to mess oh. around with koji kondo's score and his incredible music like I, I really hope he likes it luckily i think he did love it but i can just imagine like getting hold of that score and just being like oh my god he he's letting me they're letting me do stuff with this this fabled music almost like Um, it's gold yeah exactly um it's a really cool episode they talk about a lot um and the series is good but um yeah this one in particular that's where i first heard this track and i think i first heard this track and i was like oh my god i really need to play this game because that music sounds amazing um and it was and i'm playing at the moment and it's a really good game um it's quite difficult surprisingly but yeah it's very good oh good i like it i'm glad that he was mentioning because he's a very very talented composer Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's one of my favorites. I do always really like his work. Um, and I think all of his work not sounds the same, but has his kind of tone Stamp, through it. Yeah. Like Viva Pinata is the same. Like it's just got that kind of feel to it. And it's just really nice. Just makes you feel a bit warm and fuzzy. I think his music. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's my, that's my Swift number three. Nice. That was good. Thanks. Um, I guess, oh my God, we're on to my number two. Yeah, going in. 
Um, yeah, we definitely have contrasting uh, contrasting things. I've got quite a chill one for everyone to, to listen to. Which Just come is... down again after my intensity. Yeah. Um, it's from a game called Beyond Two Souls, and this particular song is called Jodie's Sweet. This song makes me cry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really beautiful. Um, it is. It's lovely. And I remember every time like, I'd hear it in the game, it was always just something very emotional happening. And it just, yeah, it kind of invokes that emotional response. I think even if you haven't played it, you can just sense that it's quite like a, almost like a sad song. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll give some background. So the game is Beyond Two Souls and the soundtrack is composed by Lorne Balf. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Probably not. Um, and produced by Hans Zimmer, which is a, ah, very cool. a nice trigger name there for everyone to be yeah. like, whoa, now. Because um, obviously Hans Zimmer is very, very famous. Um, but they, these two have actually worked together quite a few times. Um, they actually worked together on the film Inception. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Um, Hans Zimmer doesn't really need an introduction. Like, he's a very famous name, but obviously if anyone that doesn't know, he did work on um, The Lion King, Music, Gladiator, Interstellar, Dark Knight, and lots of other cool things. Uh, Lorne Balf is known for Assassin's Creed 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, uh, the new His Dark Materials show, and also the Jeremy Carl show for anyone that's British. Oh my goodness. He I made that, that song? Uh, apparently. I don't actually know. I just, I was on his IMDb and I just saw the Jeremy Carl show and I just thought, I want to say that with all these other things and just put it in the end for, for a laugh. I now really need to hear the Jeremy Carl show like, I think it was music. Him. Not 100% sure, but there's no other music in there, is there? So it has to be that. It's got to be that theme tune. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, for anyone that isn't isn't British, doesn't know what the hell we're talking about. The Jeremy Carl show is like, well, it was. I don't think it goes anymore, does it? Because I had to take it off TV. And yeah, got cancelled. It's like the Jerry Springer show. Um, and basically, like, Jeremy Carl would just really kind of poke fun and, and kind of egg on the fights that were happening between these kind of questionable humans. He just yelled at people quite a lot of the time. Like, yeah, he was mean as well. Yeah, sometimes. I think less like Jerry Springer invokes this kind of, like you said, like silly and making fun of people almost. Whereas Jeremy Carl would just get annoyed at people and just yell at them for being terrible human beings. Yeah, that's true. Jerry Springer would kind of just stand to the side, not really say anything and just laugh. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, Jeremy Carl did definitely have a bit more savageness in him where he'd kind of, he'd poke the bear knowing full well what the bear was going to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's a random piece of information <laughs> for you. <laughs> Fun um, things to look up on YouTube. But yeah, like I, I guess I kind of I picked it because, as I said, the emotion that it invokes and the protagonist Jodie, because this song is kind of for her. I mean, her name's in it. I don't know why it's called Sweet. I I think this in itself is a tune, as I said, that it plays quite a lot throughout it for her. Mm. Um, and she is definitely a protagonist, which is going through a hard time throughout pretty much the whole game. And you're with her for all of it. And I think, you know, a song for her to invoke that kind of emotion just makes perfect sense because you want to feel what she's feeling. And this song, I think, just perfectly encaptures, encaptures that. And... It just, yeah, it's just, it's just a magical song. And you can't really go wrong with two amazing composers and producers. 
No, that's less some hard hitting names, to be fair. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, all, I mean, all the soundtracks are amazing, but for me, it was always just that song, which always just stuck in my mind. And whenever, whenever I played the game or even just heard it without playing the game, it just kind of like, I, I'm a big fan of songs that make you feel things. Yeah. I feel like you're very much probably like getting pumped, being ready. And I'm just like emotions. I mean, I would have said I'm probably more of an emotional like person when I when I listen to film, but apparently with what games I'm not. Say? Clearly. <laughs> what are you trying to clearly say? I'm not. I'm dead inside. No, 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 <laughs> I meant more like I would have when I first thought about making this list, I would have thought mm. I would have felt the same way as you, and I thought that most of my songs would be on the more like melancholy, slower side. But for some reason, all the ones I picked seem to be like super pumped. I keep saying it's going to get better. And actually, I'm looking at the last two and I'm like, nope. So uh, that's great. Yeah. I in like my, that we've gone two different ways. In my head, like, I feel like you just and somehow knew inside that, oh, Nikki's going to pick all these fucking sad songs. <laughs> She's so sad. Going to need to and lift everybody up. So I'm going to have to just change my list to be peppy. Otherwise, everyone's going to leave this episode sad. I'm glad, I, I'm, glad I'm filling this. I don't, this you don't have to tell me whether you did that or not. You could be lying and saying that you just picked them because you love them. But really, we all know you just got to, you know, try and not everyone, get everyone not to be sad. Yeah, I didn't want to bum everybody out for this episode. <laughs> We already spoke about a deathly virus. Like, let's not go. Oh, I know. It's gone too far. But yeah, it's it's an amazing song, and I I don't think it will ever happen because the game, unfortunately, wasn't. I wouldn't say was that like wild, uh, wild. Oh my god, widely. There you go. That's the word. That's the one. Widely loved. Yeah. Um, that much, but obviously Hans Zimmer does concerts. But it's one of those ones that I would like love to hear live with like full orchestra. Mm. Um, and also another example going back to my other one of. Um, you know, classical music and composers being involved in games. Because this is like, it's something that you'd hear in a movie, scores like he does in this game and, and Jodie's sweet. But to hear it in a game, obviously this this game is kind of similar to a movie because it's a quantic dream game, like Heavy Rain, Truck Become Human. It's very movie-esque, but mm. it's the same stance. Like music is there to make you feel things. And yeah. it doesn't matter whether that's a video game. It doesn't matter if it's like not even a visual medium. Like, you know, that's what music is for. And I think they just nail it. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. Like, there couldn't be a different kind of score. You couldn't have a really just a disappearing kind of level of score or music for this game in particular. Like you said, it's such a movie thing. And you, it's quite a harrowing story that happens in this game in particular. Um, mm-hmm. which is one of the things I always say is why people don't love it as much as maybe some of the other the other couple ones that have done, like you said, like Heavy Rain and uh, Detroit. Like I feel like they've got a little bit more of a not upbeat story, but a little bit more epically feeling story. Whereas I feel like Beyond Two Souls is quite a harrowing, yeah, not a particularly ever happy or you know that kind of that kind of game and i think that track especially helps get that across yeah i guess in some ways like i know what you mean like i think like 90 percent of the game is sad but just for anyone that hasn't played it and you don't want a sad game it does it can get happy at the end if you want it to um <laughs> but yeah like i would say that a large majority of the game is quite um it's quite emotional mm. it's quite difficult especially because you're playing her and you feel like you're in her so when people start fucking dissing you and having a go like you feel it and yeah 
but that's amazing the fact that a game and the music can do that to you is is incredible i think and it just shows what games can do nowadays and what they've been doing for a while even back in 1997 like or when even when the first doom came out like music has always been so important so yeah, yeah. sorry i'm Definitely. going into like a big spiel now i like it like... you go you go again coco <laughs> i'm all for it um i don't really have any facts unfortunately um i couldn't really find out much apart from all the info i gave you on a on hands and lawn but yeah, i like that's... it that's it, short and sweet. Short and sweet, I like it. It's a good number two. It wasn't actually something, um, it's not something I think I would have thought of that you would have picked, really. Mm. Um, I don't think, I, I really enjoyed the game, but maybe I did, didn't, uh, it's been a long time since I played it, so I just don't think I connected yeah. with the music in that sense. I think so. there's just some songs in my life that I've come across in video games that stick with me. Mm. And I think every single one that I've picked is one that's stuck with me. And yeah. I just, it's weird. It's like, there is many, there's so many good songs out there. Like it was, it was hard to pick. I've got a long list of backups. Yeah. Um, but these were the ones that I was like, I didn't want not on the list. I would feel bad to not have on the list because I wouldn't be like true to myself. But yeah, as I said, so many good songs out there, but well, you know, to fit some more in, we'll do a soundtrack. Uh, yeah, five exactly. I think I'm saving a lot of my heartwarming mm. ones for the soundtrack soundtrack yeah. area. But cool. I like it. Good number two. Thanks. Uh, so my number two, um, I think is probably the lowest we're going to go. What do you mean low? And it's not that low. Um, is um, a song from Zelda, but it is from a different Zelda than you went with. I've gone with a Wind Waker track. <gasps> And I've gone with Dragon Roost Island. Yes. I'm going to play it. Some good pan pipes. I had such a dance to that. I know. It's so difficult not to just have a little sway to that song. It's such a good song. It is. I'm glad you picked it. Fantastic. It's one of, it's one of my favourite pieces of Zelda music. Um, I think my favourite individual one from from all the songs, like, I think Ocarina probably, without ruining one of my lists later on, one of my favourite soundtracks, but this particular song from um, Wind Waker is just fantastic it's just i don't know um it's by a lot of people the wind waker um the wind waker soundtrack and i'm going to name all of them terribly so i'm so sorry it's uh our good friend koji kondo again but it's also uh kenta nagata uh hajime wakai and toro minigishi um, so it's all those four people. I mean, we know you're learning Japanese. If anyone can do this, you can do it. You I mean, can say those names. I got through them. I feel like the right pronunciation. It just took me a little while to get. You there. probably you say it. You say it when you when you say it. You're like questioning yourself. You it's because of... I'm doing it slower than I think <laughs> I would do if passion. I just read a, na- a regular name. You, so, you know like, what you're doing. You you go. You do. Kenta it. Nagata, Hajime yes. Wakai, and Toro Minigishi. Um, hello. Um, <laughs> Are you saying hello to them? Or... I did. <laughs> hello, guys. Hi. Nice to meet you. Um, yeah. I, the, my favourite thing I think about this song is it really captures Wind Waker and the way that it feels when you're running around the islands. 
like every time I hear that track, I can just picture little uh, Link with his sword jumping around and hitting things with his sword and slashing and doing your little like swingy thing. I don't know. I just I picture it so well in my head. I feel like it comes on when you're approaching as well. And I Mm -hmm. like approaching with the boat. Because obviously Wind Waker is like a boat-based game, like on the sea. I feel like this starts kind of as you're approaching the island, just about. Um, And I feel like that always is really epic. Like my flags go in and I'm like, I'm I'm going to Dragon Roost Island. I'm coming. (laughs) Make out the way, Rutos. I'm coming in. That's how I feel. Yeah, I like it. It's how I feel too. I think it's how this song makes me feel. Um, and I really like that. Um, if you have played Breath of the Wild, um, the is it Rito? It's Rito's, right? R R I T O is the bird people in Zelda. Uh, I thought it was. Um, oh no. <laughs> um, the bird people in Zelda. Let's just go with that for now. Well, um, they, they're called yeah, they're called Rito's. Yeah, Rito. That's how yeah. I would say it. Um, the Ritos, and if you hear the kind of music when you get to their roosty bit, their um, like mountain um, in Breath of the Wild, you can kind of hear this song playing mixed into the Breath of the Wild version. And uh, it's a really nice version, but I think the original just kind of has that level of happiness that I want when I'm listening to a soundtrack. It's just got some really nice kind of elements to it. And I think... Um, the type of instruments and stuff that you get from it are always feel very different from video, normal video game kind of soundtracks when you're, especially around that age, um, which is actually like one of my facts was that because this was kind of during the time where stuff was kind of changing a little bit and the technology was advancing and the advancement of MIDI technology meant that the soundtrack could more closely approximate the sound of a real instrument rather than in previous installments where it all had to be kind of like the weird MIDI sound instruments. Mm. So when they used things like strings and winds and brass and percussion, um, and I think they used wordless vocals for the first time in this one as well, you could kind of hear it a little bit more and it felt like a more the actual object rather than being like a computer-based noise like they were previous ones, uh, which I really like. I think you can hear that, like especially the start of that track where you can kind of hear almost like the strumming of like a mandolin kind of thing. Yeah. I um, I think that if I was to like really like pick a, a Wind Waker song as well from this game, it would probably be Dragon Roost Island. Like I would definitely say I considered it for for this because it is just such an epic tune. It is. Yeah, I always try and think of, like, the other islands and stuff, and it's, like, Outset Island and, like, the more pirate ships and stuff like that that you visit on this game. Um, And obviously, like, Ganon's castle. But, yeah, just this one. This one always stands out the most, I think. Yes, 100%, yeah. And it's just just a cool island as well. Like, I remember when you come in, you can see the dragon on top. That's Mm -hmm. one thing I always remember. Because it's a dragon or a island, obviously. The name implies that. Um... (laughs) Yeah. yeah it's it's a great game as well like just for i know i'm not supposed to be talking about soundtracks but like because obviously you're sailing the seas so you need a good a good tune and this is definitely a good tune for when you're sailing the seas yeah so that was something i found out about the the soundtrack in general that i will say is um that it uh 
the soundtrack changes depending on like the weather and stuff that you encounter in the game Ooh. so it has that kind of weird reflection and stuff like that and i think dragon roost is always sunny so i think it naturally kind of fits with that it um is, but yeah, yeah apparently if you travel to other places it does change um depending on what's going on in the island weather wise which i thought really interesting um but my last fact is that the score was inspired by traditional Irish music and was okay. therefore overall like lighter and more upbeat than previous scores in the in the Zelda series, which I think is fair. If you compare this to um, especially the one before it of like Majora, Majora is just sad <laughs> and dark. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I really like some of the songs in Majora, but they're just really dark. And this is just yeah. like this ray of sunshine onto the Hyrule lands and I just really enjoy it. Yeah, it is super happy. Um how do you feel about bird people? <laughs> how do I feel about bird people? I've always really liked the Rutos. I've always thought that if I was gonna maybe cosplay someone from the Zelda world that I probably do a bird person. Especially the small girl in uh Wind Waker actually. Yes. Yeah she's Meji. Cute. Is it Meji? I... I think it's Meji. Um, Midgey, mm. which is weird actually if we say it like that because that's Midgey is like it's itself a sound clip. Um, <laughs> also a I, small bug. I always felt felt weird about the the Ritos in Breath of the Wild. I found that I oh she's called Medley by the way. Um, no, I always cool. found yeah because all named after like musical instruments aren't they? Um, uh, okay. I always felt felt weird about the Breath of the Wild. Ritos. I always they scared me slightly. Whereas I liked the Ritos in on Dragon Roost Isle in in Wind Waker. I found that they looked a bit more. Maybe it's because they're more cartoony. When I first yeah. met the Ritos in Breath of the Wild, I was like, oh Jesus. Well, they're more. Bird. They're more bird yeah. in Breath of the Wild. They're more bird than person. Whereas in Wind Waker, they're more person than bird. Which makes just, sense because evolution yeah. and stuff. Yeah, because it comes after right Wind Waker. Yeah. Technically, Wait, Breath no. of the Wild. Yeah, or... after, after. Wait. Yeah, after. Because I remember at one point you're like, it's all under the sea, isn't it? It's all like sunk. Yeah. Yeah. So Wind Waker <laughs> is like a later. So people have, the pe- bird people have become more human. Is that what we're saying? No, the bird people. Well, it depends. Become... Oh my God, we can't get into the timeline right now. But <laughs> Breath of the Wild, I don't know where that is. But obviously in Wind Waker, it's set after Ocarina of Time. But I can't remember where Breath of the Wild is. I assumed it was set in the future. I think it is set in the future. So they become more bird-like, which, is, oh, okay. which makes sense. I yes. Think. Okay, yeah. So they're going more bird. Well, they live higher up, right? They live in more mountainy things. They've become more of a bird, yeah. Yeah. They're more roosting. The dragon's gone, so now they can roost. Yeah. Maybe that's it. It's a confusing timeline. <laughs> We're not sure what's happening. But they all have good music, and that's the main thing. Yeah. But I mean, why are you not sure about sing, them? So. You're what just scared mean, of them. Um, yeah. I really liked them in Wind Waker, but then, as I said, when I met them in Breath of the Wild, it was just a bit startling. Just a bit of a shock. I think I had like, the same thing yeah. with the Zoras in Breath of the Wild. Yes, I agree. Everything is quite startling in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Maybe it was because everything looks a bit more HD, so like... But no, actually, I take that back. The Zoras in Breath of the Wild are terrifying. They look like <laughs> sharks. They do have shark heads. Yeah. They just and full-on have sharks on their heads. I guess Zoras did look kind of, like, more fish-like. I mean... Whereas, yeah, now they are... I mean, actually, a shark are fish, but you know what I mean. 
the more I think about it, the more Ocarina of Time Zoras are more terrifying. You really than... you reckon? Yeah. Have a look at that king. He's like a fish blob. Yeah, but the king was totally different. The king was like, I don't even know how he was related to them, like, species-wise. <laughs> I was like, you say that's your daughter, but look at you and look at her. I don't know. They Their heads were just a bit of a weird shape. You know what they reminded me of? They reminded me of Pilot from Farscape. <gasps> I love a good Farscape reference. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But yeah, they had the same face. And not that I don't like Pilot, because Pilot's adorable, but that's because I know that his personality is lovely. Yeah. Um, but Zoras have a bit of a creepy... They've got, like, such dark eyes. I just don't trust them. No. And to be honest with you, I've just had a look at, um, at the King Zora in Breath of the Wild, and actually just remembering he didn't look anything like the species either. His name was King Dorifan, and he... I don't know how he's related to his species either. Why is it the kings are always like look totally different? Maybe it's like when you have queen bees and they're just like much bigger and much different. They just like get all the food. Maybe they eat all the fish or whatever Zora eat. I think King Zora in Ocarina of Time looks adorable, like a little fat slug, whereas the one in Breath of the Wild is terrifying. And I still stand by the fact that. Zora's in Breath of the Wild are scarier than Ocarina of Time. I'm going to put a poll out eventually when this episode right, airs. Good. And we're going to decide who thinks who's scarier. Okay. But we each get to pick a picture of the okay. one we think is scary. <laughs> sure, sure. So we're going to find the scariest, scariest <laughs> Zora picture. Also intimidating. I think that's a good word to use. I think intimidating is fine. I think... I think intimidating for Breath of the Wild is, is fine. I think... Um, sinister for <laughs> ocarina of time <laughs> i feel like okay. they're watching me all the time okay cool i'm Sorry. looking forward to it that's <laughs> but, a mighty tangent that we just went on i know i mean it's kind of related i guess so we can't be too yeah. too disappointed but yeah so that's my number two uh is um what was it dragon roost island <laughs> <laughs> memorable <laughs> dragon right. roost island from wind waker cool Right, we're on to my number one. Yes. Intense. So, my number one is topical. Mm. And it is from Final Fantasy VII, and it is Aerith's theme. Oh, here we go. this to be the most beautiful video game song ever created um correct me if i'm wrong no i i think it's one of the most pretty songs um yes. ever i think there's quite a few in this soundtrack um i'm always torn between Aerith and tifa to be fair but i think Aerith just kind of gets it i think for me Aerith sums up like the game yeah um, like the song not herself exactly but like her song kind of sums up if i was to hear that or anyone to hear that it's like you know what you're playing um so Aerith or Ares 
theme um, is basically from Final Fantasy VII. It's Aerith Gamebra's signature theme originating from Final Fantasy VII and was composed by Nobu Yubatsu. Um, anyone that doesn't know what I'm talking about when I say Aerith and Ares, it's confusing. I've never known which one's right. I always say Aerith because it's got an I-E-F, like so I-T-H on it. But I, I kind of knew the, the confusion uh, and it, it stems from translation. It stems from the Japanese translation into English. And I can't remember. I think technically it became Ares. And Ares was the thing that was renowned as her being her name. But Aerith stemmed from the Japanese translation originally. So I think we all kind of moved on to Ares. But I still say Aerith. So it's like, I, t- I, just, I think we just have to accept that she's going to have two names. She's got two names. <laughs> I'm going to say Aerith and Ares interchangeably. Um, and you just have to accept that. Okay. I'll, I'll pass a message on. Yes. Um, so yeah, as you all heard, it is a beautiful piece of music and it just, as I said, a lot of like my other ones, it makes you feel things and mm. it's just in itself as a standalone piece of music. It's just very pretty. It's very beautiful. It sounds very deep. You know, yep. you can tell that sort of deep things are happening. Um, I'm not, I don't want to spoil it too much, but sad things happen. But that's not necessarily why I think I feel things. I think it's just a very, like, signature theme. Yeah, like you said, it just quite... It works quite well with the game in general. I think it represents her very well. If it's, like, for um, a piece about a single character, especially in Final Fantasy, where they tend to have them for, like, all the main characters, this one, I would say, is probably one of the most, like, fitting pieces um, of, like, her nature and all the stuff around her and... Yeah, the kind of thing that she symbolises for the game. Mm. I think it works really well. Like, it's very soft but sad. Yeah. And that sort of leads me to a fact. Because I, I have a lot of facts about this song. Because it's, it's, it is one of the most popular video game songs of all time. Um, and basically, Nobu Yumatsu noted that he did not compose her theme with her death. Spoiler. Um, she dies. With her death in mind. So it was not designed to make you cry. So it sort of came before then, but his intent was to write a kind of sad but beautiful tune that conveyed that she wasn't a very happy character. She was really innocent and pure, but had a tragic kind of life, which I think sums up the song so well. to sort of being, you know, innocent and pure, yeah. but sort of tragic and sad. And yeah, I'm sad now. <laughs> but that's good because, yeah. it make, as I said, it makes you feel stuff. It does. And I like that it... It is that that is what that represents yeah and it's yeah i mean it, it's pretty present because obviously we're having the remake coming out soon and yeah and i think actually um that one was the kind of redone orchestral version of the song i think if we were to play the original song it sounds a little bit as you said before back then it, a little bit more rusty Mm. I quite like all of the original ones. I think they got that charm to them. Um, I like you said. I love the orchestral themes. I think orchestral themed versions of um, old, you know, video game music is one of my favorite things to listen to. But um, I think I can still listen to the original one. I think. Yeah, yeah. Of course. I just for this one, I was like, I want to make sure that we're everyone's hearing it. Home in that just sadness. Yeah. And it is, it is amazing, Orchestra, because we went to Distant Worlds, the Final Fantasy we Orchestra, didn't we, together? Yeah. That was a lovely time. It was. It made us feel I things. I cried. I cried yeah. quite a few times, actually. Yeah, it's an emotional time. It was emotional. Um, because it's an incredible song. And and yeah, I don't really have much more to say than that, other, because it is, like I said, it is like one of the most popular, it is one of the most popular and renowned video game yeah. pieces of music. For good reason. Yeah, 
It works. So let's move on to my many facts. Okay. So my first fact is that apparently this song, because I've not played this game, I don't think, um, Final Fantasy VI, has very similar elements of a song that came before called Aria di Mezzo Caratere. I think that's how you say it. And I have listened to the song, and I agree. There's a lot of elements um, from the song from Final Fantasy VI that's very similar to, mm. to Aerith's theme. So... Um, that's just an interesting fact, really. And also that leads me to the fact that apparently elements of Aerith's theme are also present in Yuna's theme from Final Fantasy X. Oh, I can kind of see that. Yeah. Now you say it. So it seems that they they are sort of using quite a few things a few times, but that's fine. I think, like they said, once you've kind of captured a feeling of a, of a character, if they want that character... Because I would say... Aerith and Yuna have a very similar feeling vibe yeah, to them. They are very soft, but powerful, but also have quite a sad life. So that makes sense that you, they would reuse it. They've got yeah. the same, you know, feeling of character. So why not? I agree. So yeah, and um, another thing as well, just to connect to that is, there's another song in Final Fantasy VII called um, Flowers Blooming in the Church, which I think when you come across Aerith... Mm in the ch- I think I can't remember exactly when it is there's flowers it's a very nice scene you're in a church obviously the name you f- implies you fall flowers. into the church right yeah you fall down from the boss fight and then you land in the church and there's flowers on the floor like where and the church beam should be she's yeah there, yeah and this song flowers moving in the church plays and this is apparently an arrangement of Eris theme that plays in the background um and it sort of plays as well in several in-game cutscenes. But I thought that was quite cool because I know this song and I know Aerith's theme and I always thought it did sound quite similar. So it makes mm. sense that they just sort of arranged it in a way that's kind of associated with her. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and, oh God, I've got so many facts. <laughs> you always do. So let's get on to some loot, some merchandise. Oh. So apparently one of, if not the rarest pieces of Final Fantasy merchandise is a limited edition... Final Fantasy VII music box that plays Eris theme. It has a gold plaque that says Eris's theme and it's limited in number. Only 100 pieces were ever produced. Wow. Yep. So if you got one of those, send it to me. (laughs) That sounds very cool though. I do really want a Final Fantasy music box now. Also, as I mentioned before, it's it's incredibly popular. Even if you haven't played the game, you might you may know it if you hear it. Um, it has appeared on the Classic FM's Hall of Fame in the years 2012, 13, mm. 14, and was 16th in 2012, 3rd in 2013, 7th in 2014, and is believed to be one of the most famous pieces of video game music ever. Wow. I love a bit of Classic FM. I don't know if you have it anywhere else in the UK. Probably not. No, Classic FM is wonderful. It's like the best chill-out driving music ever. Yeah, and they play a lot of video game and like movie, movie soundtracks. So they clearly mm. know their shit. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, it's it's a beautiful song. It means a lot to me. I think that's one thing I've realised from my top five is that everything in here means a lot. Less so probably for the Witcher one. I just like to get badass and swing a sword around to that music. Mm. But everything else is kind of invokes an emotional response, and I think Eris theme in itself is probably the one that does that the best. And I'm very excited for the remake. Yeah. That's very cool. I do love that you picked this song because it's one of my favourites mm. um, as well. I do really like it. It's Like you said, it's a very peaceful song. Um, I I think I learned it on the piano a long time ago. Um, I did too. And yeah, it's lovely to play as well because it's quite simple, but nice melody. Yeah. And that's, that's my number one. That's, that's nice. it. Nice. Yeah. 
All right, then. Well, we're on to my number one. I'm so excited. I have no idea what's going to happen. Oh, um, so I am going to continue the same train as you. I have chosen Emotion. a piece from Final Fantasy VII, but I have not chosen a peaceful soundtrack. I have oh, chosen the pumped up version of things that you could play from Final Fantasy VII. And this is uh, known by two names. It's um, Those Who Fight Further or Fight On. I'm going to play I really love this song. It's one of my favorite pieces. Um, as I've noted, because I've put it at my number one. Um, as Nikki said, it's by Nobu Yamatsu, uh, and it's on Final Fantasy VII, so I'm continuing Final Fantasy as our top uh, one, apparently, on the top corner, so it must have just been in our brains. Um, but this song in particular um, is played first when you fight the first kind of boss, um, and it is then just since always played on every boss fight um i think the reason i love this one is it's one of the first pieces of music that i think i actively sought out um to trying to listen to it outside of playing the game um that i think i've ever experienced during playing games um i think it's one of the only ones i've then gone i just want to listen to this piece of music all the time um there's quite a few in final fantasy 7 but this one in particular i think just um, apparently I just really like music that pumps me up and this is something that we've learned this evening. But this one, I don't know, I think it gives you quite a lot of energy. Um, again, I, I almost picked a, um, like a piano version of this, like Mickey had, um, or like a more orchestral one, because they are really beautiful and it's really nice when it's played. Um, I've got a version of it when it's almost slowed down um, as well, and it's done really well in that as well. It just plays really nicely. But um, the original I just went with because it's just got that kind of nice, like gritty, midi feel to it. Um, and I was being normal, so I wanted it to feel like, you know, our traditional one. <laughs> I like it. I like that we've gone full Final Fantasy VII. And in fairness, it's a great soundtrack. And Obumatsu is a genius. So yeah. it's not a bad thing. No, I think if we ever do uh, our soundtrack episode, it's going to be really difficult not to just pick all of my Final Fantasy ones because I love all of his music. Um, I think yeah. a lot of the stuff that he does is great and it always feels quite different, um, but the same at the same time. Um this one especially, I think, works so well because it keeps you energized because it's a boss battle piece. And because of the older version was, you know, a long turn-based kind of thing, keeping the energy and the excitement for fighting a boss back then was quite difficult because it was just quite a slow process, really. But actually, you were doing something quite epic uh, and quite difficult. So I feel like this piece of music did a really good job at keeping you going and keeping you filled really, like, pumped up through the whole thing. Because, um, yeah, it just took forever. Yeah, it does. I agree, actually. Although it still fills me with terror um, because of the amount of times that I would be, like, in battles just dying, <laughs> it does sort of, to my core, I feel like... I don't know, if I have a bad dream, I feel like this is, and like, you know, I'm like fighting a monster or something's chasing me. I feel like this is like the under music that is playing. Yeah. 
but I, it's also such a great piece of music like abstract from the terror that it was causing me um it is it's fantastic yeah it's just like you said it works really well at um pre- preventing i don't know presenting a terrifying thing like yeah, it, it always is terrifying it also appears when i think you fight the house and i can't remember what the house is called um but the I mean, giant Eddie, yeah the giant house, house boss um no but he's not a boss a but he was just like a random really irritating thing that you had to fight every so often man i really wish i could remember what the house is called i um, hated that house i know he was the worst and this music would appear and it was the only good thing about finding that house was be like okay well i've got the cool music but i fucking hate that house but i'm gonna die because the house yeah. is fucking impossible exactly uh it was called hell house hell house so yeah hell house it was a house um it, it wasn't really a house no. It was um, apparently a three-armed mechanical creature which sports four legs and a set of mismatched thrusters. So it was lying. It, for some reason, decided that a house was going to be super scary. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but yeah, houses yeah. are fearful. Yeah, it was apparently. one of the most terrifying things in the game. Like, I could fight, like, Genova being fine with it, but the house, the hell house. Not the house. Sweet God, no. <laughs> I have nightmares to this day about that damn house. <laughs> no. I can't even enter my own house. <laughs> Just about thinking he's going to have weird mismatched thrusters coming out of I'm outside right now. <laughs> I've never entered a house since that day. <laughs> this is Nikki's way of telling us she lives on the street. <laughs> out of bins. But you should all be pretty impressed that I've managed to keep this facade up till now. I like that you've managed to find such quiet locations for your podcasting. I know. I know. Mm, it's impressive. I don't know how I you keep the window. I'm not, not going to give away my secrets. <laughs> Everyone will be after you. People won't be able to find me, and then I have to actually <laughs> go into a house, which is a no-no. Yeah, she never wants to come in. Um, anyway. But yeah, I don't even really have any facts about this, so I'm glad that we were talking about the house. I think I have one fact, <laughs> and, and that is it is featured in Advent Children. Um, the, what, movie, the house? The oh. movie. <laughs> God, seeing that in like HD. <laughs> oh no, for the remake. Oh shit. Oh, oh shit. Oh god. Oh no. I don't think I, I can carry on with this anymore. I can't play. I'm it. just picturing in the hell house. <laughs> I'm gonna when that game comes out, unless like you know we get a picture of the house sooner. Um, I'm I'm done. <laughs> I'm just picturing us super excited to play it. First day, we sit down, we start playing it, and then one of us just comes across the house and just puts it down forever and just Not immediately has to warn the other person. <laughs> Whoever finds the house first has to warn the other one. That's our pact. I feel like it's one of those automatic things in life where, like, it's like the ring where you see the house, you just know you're going <laughs> to die. That's it, guys. That's game over. You're done. Just going to crawl out of your TV and murder us all. Oh, no. Mm. Anyway, so beware of houses, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that piece of music's in Advent Children uh, as I an orchestral continue. piece, and uh, don't really know what else to say other than <laughs> it's a good piece of music, and I the just keep thinking about how- it. <laughs> house has ruined my entire number one. And I'm Do just you- gonna end it. Have you have any facts about um, the house? I mean, the song. <laughs> the song. No, that was it. It's the, it's the fact that I've been repeating like three times. It's in Advent Children. Okay. Cool. As an orchestral piece. It's in some other <laughs> stuff. 
Theater Rhythm. Have you ever played that game? That's a great game. No. Um, you basically get to play lots of Final Fantasy music as a rhythm game. Oh, I've always wanted to, actually. That's yeah. one thing that I've always wanted to play. I've got it on DS. I really hope they ver- bring out a version for Switch. Actually, that would be great. Um, but yeah, other than that, nope. Just stay away from houses is now my new fact. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, well, that was fantastic. That was good. That was the that's the end of our top fives oh for gosh. this week. Do you have any honourable mentions that you want to fire oh, up quickly? Have a few. Quickly? No. Um, oh. But I will fire them <laughs> off. Go. So, um, on the line of Final Fantasy VIII, I'm kind of sad I didn't mention any Final Fantasy VIII, but that's fine. That may come another day. Um, so, songs Final Fantasy VIII that I'd like to honourably mention are Balam Garden and also Julia's Song. Also wanted to mention Portal, Still Alive. That's one of my favourite songs of all time, but just didn't make the list because everything else won. Uh, last of Us main theme, Dragon Age theme, songs from Heavy Rain... Also, Babu Yetu from Civilization, also a good song. Uh, and also a song from um, Bioshock Infinite, which is Will the Circle Be Unbroken, is also a good song. But that was a weird one because that was already an original song. Didn't end up putting that in, but that's my all mentions. I said them very quickly. I like it. I'm probably not going to be so quick, but I'm going to try. Um, most of the soundtrack from Final Fantasy IX I love, but uh, Valo... Uh, Valmo a la Flamenco is one of my favourites. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say uh, Suke de Dane from Final Fantasy X is fantastic as well. Um, then we've got Dearly Beloved from Kingdom Hearts. I really like uh, Heartache from Undertale. Most of the um, the Undertale soundtrack is great by Toby Fox. Um, and what else have I got? I've got uh, Flame in the Flood by Chuck Reagan. Again, the soundtrack is great, but that particular song is very good. Um, what else am I forgetting? There's probably one that I'm going to kick myself and say, oh, Halo, the Halo theme is mm-hmm. fantastic. And Command and Conquer Hell March. Okay. Yeah. Nice. There's some, there's some things. Yeah, so obviously with these top fives, there are always our opinions. We are sad that we can't mention every single one of our favorite things and it's difficult okay we struggle with our lists because it's sad that we don't get to talk about everything exactly Um, i think i would have had a lot more sad things if i've been able to chose everything i possibly could have chosen but once you listen to this episode if you want to tell us about your favorite song send it to us uh just tell us what you think then just do that i reckon i'd love to have other people's songs yes we love hearing everybody else's top fives so please send them to us you can either do that on twitter at game till five or Instagram at Game Till Five, or you can go on our Discord because yep. we do make threads there, or at least try and remember to make threads there where you can come in and talk about what your top fives would be and just chat to us in general. Yeah, we like hearing from everybody. Um, if you did like the show, please give us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us a lot, and it might even mean that we get to be in the your charts, and then we have to learn whatever it is your language is for. Thank you which is always fun. Or I make Nikki basically do it. I get very uncomfortable. <laughs> it's my favourite so thing to do. Steph, Steph enjoys that. Also, yeah. leave us a review on Podchaser as well. Um, obviously, we, we enjoy getting reviews on there. It's a bit different. Yeah. Um, we appreciate reviews anywhere, to be honest. It's very, yeah. very sweet. Any kind of review. Very happy. Always good. And last but not least, we have to mention our Patreon. Thank you to uh, those of you who are our Patreon subscribers. But if you would like to, please visit our Patreon at What Nikki. 
Uh, it's just Game Till Five. You can just Google Patreon Game Till Five, or you can find it on our link tree on our Twitter. Um, there's obviously episodes on there already, so if you subscribe, you get access to all of those. And we're also doing them like at least monthly um, episodes each month. So if you want more of our stuff, you want to hear our voices more for some weird reason, you can do that. If you yeah. Like. It's always fun. Um, and thank you. That's been a really good and fun time to listen to music. So that's yes. probably good night for me. And good night for me if I ever manage to sleep with this house looming over me in my well, dreams. Well, that's a good job you don't live in a house then, isn't it? Exactly. I'll sleep comfortable under the stars away from all the houses. <laughs> Bye. Bye.